0: In 86, N. M Martin wrote the first book, of oh. what
1: became came up called? Now it's time, the Babysitter's Club, Club You ready, my man? I'm ready. Hello and willkommen auf the Babysitter's Club Club, episode 5, Fünf. in which we were talking about Don... And The Impossible 3, the fifth book. That holds. Yeah. If it's episode five. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That makes sense. Let me try again. No, just say your name. I'm trying to move this episode at a clip because it's very late at night.
1: Don't you dare. What's your name? My name is Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And what are we doing here, my man? Talking about the Babysitters Club. Is this new this episode, or is this something that we
0: do? Is no, this... you've already introduced it. We've already you've already gone through this. It's episode five. We're talking about book five. Dawn of the Terrible Three. Dawn is a new babysitter in the club. She was just introduced in the last book. Now she gets her own title. Okay. Terrible Three, as expected, are three children. Oh wow! You're just jumping into it, huh? I mean, what else, man? Your attitude today. You're forcing me to do. You know what time it is right now? Look, I'm going to look at my watch. Yeah. It is 2313. Right. I say 2313. Oh,
1: you've already taken on the trappings of a young Berlin. It
0: because Jack and I are in Berlin for work. That's true. And we are trying to acclimate. It is a Sunday evening. Yeah, it's And we're tough. trying to acclimate to the time zone around here. And staying up late recording a podcast
1: yeah. doesn't seem like the best way to get over our jet lag. But, but here we are. Nonetheless, here we are. <laughs> Um, a little context for people who have not been following along for five episodes. Yeah. Are you go at, back
0: and listen to the first four. What are you doing? You're why attitude. would you start at episode five? Why? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Sometimes people want to dip
0: in and see what's going on. Well, if you've dipped in thus far, I suggest you go listen to the first four because it really sets the scene.
1: Okay. Well, for those who haven't, I'm yeah. going to explain why we're doing this. I... At the age of seven, through a series of mishaps and misunderstandings, ended up reading all of these classic, classic novels by Ann M. Martin, so I have a deep connection to The Babysitter's Club. Tanner's story, on the other hand, is uh, much more tragic. What's it going to be this week? Do you want to you share it with... Uh,
0: no, I want to see what you can pull out of your ass. As,
1: as you will know from having listened to the last four episodes, uh, Tanner's family this is actually really sad Tanner's family uh, was all killed by a violent uh, babysitting gang (laughs)
0: like Uh, in Clockwork
1: Orange? Yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so Tanner has this very very strange and difficult relationship with babysitters and I think these books are a way for him to come to grips with what he suffered and what he struggled through
0: it's really confront my phobias head on man yes that's that's, they say that's
1: the best way to do it it's incredibly brave yeah. you were an inspiration. Thank you. Have I ever told you that? You tell me that every day of my life. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about this book. It's called Dawn and the Impossible Three. Yeah, the Impossible Three <laughs> is three kids. And boy, was this book not impossible to read. <laughs> Stupid. Go it on. was an easy read. Go, yeah, go it ahead. It was an easy read. <laughs> I powered through this one. Let me describe what happens in the book real
0: quick. <laughs> This is my favorite bit, where you describe what happens in the book, and then you make me describe what happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good segment. It's so we don't double up. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, So, after an acrimonious divorce, the mysterious, beautiful, leggy (laughs) Mrs. Barrett, Uh no first name, (laughs) moves to Stony Brook (laughs) to try to pick up the pieces of her life. Yeah. Everything seems to be going well until a meddling group of babysitters yeah. show up at her house and basically treat her like a child and harass her until she has nothing left. Yeah. That's what you got from this. That's my take. Okay. You want to try to describe the book? I'm going to give you 60, 60 seconds. Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah. Look, you're going you're gonna to need to get a little higher energy, my man. No, I got it. I got it. Are you ready? Yep. All right, let's go. What happens in this book, Tanner.
0: Donna's new to town. She started taking on gigs. She's taken on a gig with a woman named Mrs. Barrett, who's also new to town, trying to find a job, recently divorced, not getting along with her husband, Mr. Barrett. She has three kids. I don't remember their names. One of them's name is Buddy. One of them's name is Margot. maybe. I don't remember. Marnie and Susie. It's Marnie and Susie. Uh, they are wild, rambunctious kids. Um, they... Uh, have chocolate allergies and they're not allowed to talk to their dad. But Mrs. Barrett is neglectful and didn't tell Don any of this. So Don is flying blind. Also, her house is a fucking wreck and Don has to clean it every time she goes over there. And her kids become dependent on Don, even though Don isn't their mom. Uh, Mrs. Barrett's their mom. <sighs> Buddy goes missing at some point. Uh, it turns out that Mr. Barrett, the estranged husband, kidnapped him. And there's a county-wide search before it's revealed that Mr. Barrett has Buddy. Buddy comes back. Don and Mrs. Barrett get along. Don is going to continue to be their babysitter. One.
1: And that's it. That's a wrap. That's actually pretty accurate. You missed some subplots with Christy. Unimportant, but that's the bulk of this. There was one subplot with Christy and it was Christie
0: is helping Don redecorate Marianne's room.
1: Yeah, but that's not the subplot. The subplot isn't about her, I mean, the, that's a the, room decoration. It's not about. It's the opposite of subtext. Yeah, the subplot Overtext? is about their friendship and whether or not Christy is incredibly. Ju- Christy and Marianne are best friends. Yeah, they have been their whole lives. They have been their whole lives, and Don is frankly a lot smarter than Christie. A lot. Better looking than Christy, a lot more fun, and a lot she's more interesting corn than Christy. Here. She's from California. <laughs> she eats tofu. She eats tofu. And she like and she and her mom can't understand why no one wants to eat their like weird California salads.
0: They're like, oh, we have a tofu salad with uh, chia seeds on it. And everyone in Stony Brook is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck did you just feed me? Don has to confront her mom Porter. about it at some point. She's yeah. throwing a barbecue and she's like, We don't have enough tofu salad. <laughs> And Don's like, Mom, can we just get hamburgers for fuck's sake? <laughs> I'm
1: trying to fit in here. And you're feeding everyone sunflower seeds and goddess dressing. I think it's great. I actually identified with Don's mom a lot in this book for those reasons.
0: Because you're vegan. Because I'm a vegan. I'm not sure we've brought it up on the podcast before.
1: No, I have. One time you went to go get your food. Yeah, I know because I edited that one. Did you leave the part where I... Yeah, I left it in. This is a podcast that's about truth. Yeah. We're not hiding anything. You're vegan? Yeah. Okay. How does that feel? Great, man. I love it. How have you been getting along in Berlin? As a vegan Surprisingly well It's a fairly
0: Berlin is city. a vegan paradise By total coincidence We're staying in an Airbnb And we happen to Stay right next to a Lovely little Fast food joint Called Yellow Sunrise
1: We can't really read German menus But we got something From it today Called party balls Yeah party balls <laughs> And they were fucking great Yeah they
0: were great I'm gonna stop in On my way into work tomorrow And say I want all the party balls
1: <laughs> Buy a bunch of party balls For the office Yeah be like guys <laughs> <laughs> I'll <laughs> show up at 8.30 a.m. with deep fried. Party I brought balls. party balls. <laughs> <laughs> just start
0: throwing them into people's open mouths across the <laughs> room. All
1: right. Well, do you want to just you want to dive right into the biblical symbolism in this? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, I feel like that's the obvious route into this book. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Um,
0: I obvi- I obviously didn't catch um, a ton of
1: it, but
0: uh, I'm happy for you to sort of take the reins out of the gate here. Okay, sure. The title of the book
1: is Dawn and the Impossible Three. Oh, shit. Virgin virgin Parent.
0: Oh, come on.
1: I got that part.
0: Dawn becomes a surrogate brood wife for Mrs. Barrett. Dawn is obviously a, a young virginal woman. Okay.
1: And so you actually wrote is, down that Dawn is the Virgin Mary? I didn't, but... I got there once you said biblical allegories. Great. Well, I just feel like this book is about somebody struggling with the impossible three, which is to me is a very, very transparent (laughs) metaphor for the Trinity. God, the Holy Ghost, and Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could rename the Bible struggling with the impossible (laughs) three and it would scan. Okay. I mean, but that's just literally at the title level.
0: I want you to quickly hit your point about how this is a biblical allegory. Okay. And then I want to look through my notes and quiz you on how the things I've captured relate to the Bible.
1: Great. Okay. Well, the obvious thing that jumped out to me, did you notice Mrs. Barrett's age? Was it 33? Yeah.
0: Whoa. The age Jesus was when he died? Yes. Um, Well,
1: not died, ascended. Uh, Yes. Mrs. Barrett is 33, which is the age of Christ's death. Also, the divine name appears 33 times in Genesis, as you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And in numerology, 33 is the numerical representation of the word amen. Okay. Uh, 33, also kind of unrelatedly, is the highest degree of Freemasonry.
0: (laughs) Which we know. Which we know. Because our first night here... We went out with some friends <laughs> and had a few too many bevvies uh-huh. and came home and did a deep dive.
1: A real deep dive. On YouTube. Yeah. Into. I, I was hoping we were going to talk about flat earth theory. Into the flat earth theory. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you and I, I wouldn't say we're convinced, but we're not sheep anymore. We're not sheep. No. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's something to it.
0: Can I read you a quote from the book? Yeah. And can I have you find a way to relate it to the the good book? Yeah, it's all in there. Marnie scrunched up her face and wrinkled her nose. That's the ham face, Buddy informed me. She only makes it when she's happy. What (laughs) specific passage (laughs) from the Bible does the ham face refer to?
1: The ham face? Yeah. Ham face being related to pigs or swine, Mm -hmm. which uh, are the... Sinners, I feel
0: like you're grasping.
1: No, okay, I think this is very, very clear. If we haven't accepted the truth, mm-hmm. uh, we are but ham faced sinners. <laughs> Actually, wait, the ham face means she's happy, right? Yeah, I said uh, that was part of the quote. Okay, <laughs> uh, well, that's not everything has to have something to do with so the your, main thing. your thing is already falling apart. It's not everything in the book relates to this theme, it's just the literal title.
0: Okay. Let's get into bizzing.
1: Oh, let's get into bizzing. Okay.
0: Within the next 30 seconds, seven kids were crying and seven kids were bizzing and grinning. Yeah. Marnie, it says, parenthetical, Marnie was making the ham face.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The ham face is interesting. There's all this stuff about the masks we wear in this book. (laughs) No, there's not. Yes, there is. Okay, fine. Do you want me to read you a quote? Yeah. Okay, great. Here's a quote from the book. Uh, I think Christy says it. Adults certainly are hard to understand. Sometimes they seem to have several faces. It's as if they own masks, and you know they own masks. Oh, yeah. But you can't always tell their masks from their real expressions. Yeah. Why do they make everything so complicated? Right. You know what's not complicated? What? The ham face. It is. It's a mask that this child is wearing. This child is living in a broken home. and She can't even express herself normally. Yeah. The way
0: she shows happiness is by scrunching up her face and frowning. Right. Let's talk about bizzing.
1: Okay, good. I have this under my section on semiotics, just in general. Yeah. Because, like, bus- me, me too, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, because bizzing is this thing that the kids of Mrs. Barrett do. It's like kind of like a middle finger. I think they just they put their, their index finger up and they go, bzzz. I think it's like a gun. Yeah. It's an
0: index finger pointed at someone with a thumb up. And you bring the thumb down as the hammer of a gun, and you say... Bzz,
1: bzz. And it has this incredible power. Yeah. Like, people will biz, and the other people will just will start crying. Burst into tears. Burst into tears. It's yeah. a, it's, it becomes a huge issue. There's a whole segment of the book where Marianne babysits the Impossible Three. Don doesn't have too much trouble with them, but all the other babysitters can't fucking do it, which is, to me, is that they can't accept Jesus into their lives. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's what's going on. Okay, I buy it. Can I read you a quote about Bizzing that I wrote down? Yeah. This, is to me, is about how incredibly powerful this is. This may be how a war gets started. One day, a world leader pokes another world leader in the ribs and says, nyan, nyan, nya. That doesn't happen. The second world leader begins to cry, and suddenly their countries are fighting each other. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think there's a misunderstanding on Dawn's part, because she thinks world leaders are
1: children. It's a chilling, it's a chilling description of cultural misunderstandings across national boundaries. When was this um, book published? We've been saying 1986 for every one of these books. I
0: think it was 1986,
1: the heart of the Cold War. Anna Martin doesn't even need to bring it up because it's just like, it's it's in the background of everything she's thinking about.
0: In every one of these books, there's a deep subtext of all the things we were panicking about in 1986, 87, like the AIDS epidemic, the Cold
1: War... Right. What else was happening? Just bizzing. Bizzing. Everybody's bizzing each other. A
0: ham face. Um, can I just give an anecdote about bizzing Please. Quick? And my wife, who yep. I love very much, yeah. um, will occasionally start telling stories. Whom to me, I love very much. Whom I love very much. Yeah. Will start telling me stories without first capturing my attention. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking at my computer or doing something on my phone. Man, I can fucking identify with that. She'll just because start you're telling literally me.
1: Always looking at your computer or doing something yeah. on your phone. Way
0: to compare our relationship uh-huh. to my relationship with my wife. Uh huh. As if we don't <laughs> spend enough time and do enough things together. All right. Anyway, looking at my phone, mm-hmm. playing on my computer. She fails to capture my attention first, and she'll just begin talking to me, telling me a story. Been there. She doesn't have me. Nope, I know. But she'll finish She's the story fucking going, and She's expect me to react. Uh huh. And for a long time, the way I would react was just to go bzz- bzz- without looking up from whatever <laughs> I was doing. Which is just the quickest and most static way I could figure out of communicating that I recognize that you're talking to me. Uh-huh. Nothing's coming in, but that's okay. I understand that you're talking to me. So Just for
1: you, visiting bzz- is like a broken signifier. Yeah, it's and like she's. It's a signifier is, divorced from context. It is made.
0: Bzzing has made her so angry mm-hmm. that I've
1: had to stop doing it. I totally understand and empathize with that.
0: And start paying attention and oh, man. cherishing my wife for the beautiful, loving being that she she's is. She's not
1: going to listen to this fucking podcast, dude. I love you, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Dawn's title? Yeah, what was it? It's terrible. It's terrible. So Dawn is the new babysitter. Dawn was introduced in the last book as a random friend of Marianne's, and now she's just like right up in the babysitters' club, major player. Yeah, she's got corn cob. She's, hair. she's got her own point of view, and not only does she have her own point of view, but this book is basically only about Dawn. The other babysitters just make cameo. Opinions.
0: That's not true, man. Not to poke a hole in your whole thing, and, okay? And totally derail derail what you're saying. Just as I was getting going,
1: I'm gonna go grab another Bev. Okay, great. All right, so I'm going to I'm just going to just fill fill some time. All right, great. Do you uh, want one? Yeah, why not grab me one of these delicious German pilsners? We watched a great German TV show today. It was called Tatort. And pe- uh, people in Berlin go to bars to watch the new episode of Tatort every Sunday and have been doing so for like 30 years. It's a German institution.
0: Right. It's uh the most popular German TV show. It's been on since the 70s and it is essentially a CSI style crime procedural, and you and I watched it because we had nothing better to do. Yeah, and we watched it in
1: German with no English subtitles or voiceover. And none, no, neither of us
0: speaks German. Yeah, and it was a really good experience. Man. It was a good experience. It just seems it to was me an like an hour and a half long. It was
1: an hour and a half, and like I feel like this is really true of anything that lasts for 30 years they barely even try to solve crimes. Yeah. Like at the beginning like someone is drowning and they're like, "Oh, I wonder who drowned him." And then the rest of it is just like the detectives like fucking each other.
0: Yeah, drinking, lamenting their dead children. Yeah. And just fucking one another. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like the babysitters club books in that oh, way, man. which have also have been a rich tradition for 30 years.
1: What a good segue. Let's talk about Mr. Spear and Mrs. Porter. <laughs> Wow. Shit, that was a good segue. I didn't even mean it. Oh, you nailed it. So, Mr. Spear is Marianne's dad. Yeah. And Mrs. Porter is Dawn's mom. If you listen to the last episode, we talked about this a little bit. Dawn moves into town with her mom. Who's recently divorced? Who's recently divorced. And her mom is like, I'm moving back to Stony Brook from where? Who knows? California. From California. You've oh, yeah. You've said it a She's thousand kind of with times. A okay. I, for some reason, <laughs> I was like, I know that Dawn is from California, but I was like, oh, I wonder <laughs> where her mom is from. Okay. Because and you know what? This is because Dawn acts like she's like 40. Dawn does not read as a 12-year-old girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She does not read as a 12-year-old girl. Why do you think that? She's so responsible. Yeah. She's so responsible. And And, matronly. And like late in the book, she sits down. So Mrs. Barrett is the parent of these kids. God, how am I going to wrap up all these threads? I'm, I'm just, I've got, I'm just so many, man. I've got, I'm just so I'm just, many threads to wrap up. Yeah, Mrs. Barrett is the parent of these kids. Yeah, that are troublesome, and she is not a good mom to them. No, but she is exceptionally attractive. She's beautiful. Yeah. It's described many times. She's yeah. gorgeous. She's a supermodel.
0: Did you, you know, who I pictured when I thought of Ms. B- Mrs. Barrett? Do you know those weird '80s um, art prints that are like uh, women? Who are very
1: 80s, and it's like a lot of neon colors. Like Lichtenstein?
0: Maybe it's Lichtenstein.
1: Like it's like comic art? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's who I picture when I think of <laughs> Mrs. Barrett. Yeah. She's always described in very 80s fashion yeah. and like very big hair. Yeah, she's got a
1: nice perm and like shoulder pads. Right. Yeah. That's who I picture. Legs that go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a direct quote. It's, that's not a direct quote. Why would Don ever say that? That's the weirdest thing for a 13-year-old girl to say. Okay, all right, I'm going to try to bring it back.
0: Good luck, man.
1: All right, I've, I've got it. Don has this conversation with Mrs. Barrett at the end where she's like, Mrs. Barrett, uh, I'm your babysitter. Do you want to role play? You're, yeah. Okay. All right. Or do you want to be Don or Mrs. Barrett? I'm going to be Don. Okay, I'll be Mrs. Barrett.
0: Oh, hello, Don. I'm sorry. I just got back from my another job interview. I'm not sure I'm going to get it.
1: Mrs. Barrett. Yes. Listen to me. Yes. I know that your legs go on. For fucking miles. Thank you,
0: Don. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm into men, and I'm into older men. I know
1: you're. I know you're gorgeous, and I know you're. Uh, uh, thank. You. I'm not interested. Available. I'm really not divorcee. interested.
0: I'm not interested. But you're a you're a beautiful young girl. But I think you're better off dating a young man, Mrs.
1: Barrett. I'm not interested. What's your first name? Esmeralda. <laughs> Finally, yeah, it's revealed.
0: You can call me Esme. Okay, it's fine. God. Not interested though. God,
1: that is so, that is so sexy. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Wait, where did this? Okay, hang on. All right, let me pull, let me pull it reset, back. Let's reset, let's reset, let's <laughs> reset. Okay. okay. <Mrs>. Hello, Don. <laughs> it's me. Hi, Mrs. Barrett. Uh, yes. I'm a 12 year old girl. Yes. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. I'm not the mom of your fucking children. No, I am. Yeah, you, you're the you're, mom of your children. Yeah. You didn't leave the number of where you were going to be when you left, and you didn't fucking tell me that one of your kids is allergic to chocolate. Okay. and Is one of my kids allergic one to One of your chocolate? kids is allergic to chocolate. Ooh, I'm
0: glad one of us figured that out.
1: I know you're frazzled right now, yeah. but I am a babysitter, and yeah. I'm 12, Yeah, and you cannot expect me to be a mother to your children.
0: Don, Yes, you're a mature woman. Yes. Let's think this through. Yeah. I am out earning money. Yeah. For my family. Okay. And I can't give you, and keep in mind, I'm a beautiful woman. I know. I know. i have to tell me. I'm dressing very, very nice when I leave the house every day. And I'm out earning money for my babies. And I can't give you a specific number. Do you even I know am. their names? Buddy. Uh huh. Marnie. Yes. Susie.
1: Yes. Yes. As I would expect a mother.
0: Let's Occam's razor this. Okay. I am a beautiful woman. Yes. Going out every night. Every single night. Dressed to the nines. Impeccably. Yeah. Meeting with people. Bringing those legs right with you. And I can't give you a specific place or number where I'm at. Right. What do you think is happening, Don? You're a smart young woman.
1: Job interviews.
0: Is that what you think? Yeah. You think I'm going to job interviews? Yeah. And I'm coming back every night with a wad of cash and handing it to you. <laughs>
1: That's unstated. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I guess so. For, for your babysitter. But n- not too.
0: enough, right? At the end of the book, I agree to pay you extra. You beg
1: me. Oh, Wait, now this roleplay no. is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> this roleplay is getting weird. All right, let me, let me pull it back. Like, you and I can't both like look one
0: another in the eyes and just be like, ugh, and bite our lips because then it gets weird.
1: Oh, I don't know. Is this, is it Berlin? It's Berlin. It's, <laughs> it's late at night. Liberal attitude it's, some, it's just everybody's super chilled out here uh, and Mrs. relaxed. Mrs.
0: it's an escort. In Stony Brook, man? Well, maybe she's going to...
1: She's like, she's taking a, she's taking a train into maybe the she's city. Maybe she's going to Danbury. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's going to, Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. All right, I still got this. I've got. I've, I'm holding all of the l- little threads. Yeah, and I'm gonna walk them. All was that
0: role play helpful
1: or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really helped. Here's what the point that I was making is about, Mr. Spear. You were making a. Point? Oh, I was, no, I was telling a tale. <laughs> oh, so, as we know from last week, yeah, Don moves to Stony Brook from California with right. her mom. Yes, and it turns out that her mom and Marianne's dad, years and years ago when they were in high school, yeah, had a passionate. Summer of romance and love.
0: Yeah, do you want to role play? No. Okay. Just, no, just, I, just throwing it out, out there.
1: Like... Um, I can, I'll be Mr. Spear. Okay. Uh, have you read Camus? Oh, I see Because he's always quoting Camus. Born and raised in <laughs>
0: Stony Brook, Connecticut.
1: <laughs> and yes, obviously I've read Camus. It can never work. It can never work. It can never work, Mrs. Porter. I guess he wouldn't call her Mrs. Porter. Susan, it can never work, Susan. Right. You know why? Your parents don't respect me. You know why? Because I'm poor. Right. I'm not right for you. I love you with a passion of a thousand fiery suns. Oh,
0: it's like a Bruce Springsteen album. Yeah.
1: But it doesn't work until this very week. You know why? Why? Because he's rich. He's rich. He owns
0: his own <laughs> law practice. Yeah,
1: the, Don's parents, who didn't approve of him, meet him at a barbecue, and they're like, uh, Mr. Spear, how are things going at like Johnson Johnson & Partners? And Mr. Spear is like, oh, I don't work there anymore. I left I those I fools behind. I started ages ago. my own firm. And they're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's talk about money. Yeah. And then they it's do
1: gross. proceed to talk about money. Um Here's the point that I was making. Oh, man. I, I feel like out. we're just I'm so close. I want to read you a quote that yeah, just says this. Mr. Spear and Don's mom. Yeah. Don is describing it. She's yeah. like, oh, man, they're spending a lot of time together. Out to dinner in the movies on Saturday night, and then out to brunch the very next morning. <laughs> <laughs> she glosses
0: over the fact that Mr. Spears stayed over they're at their fucking. place. Yeah, of course they're fucking. They're modern adults, Jack. Don't be so weird about Human sexuality. <laughs> um,
1: I briefly want to talk about the game. Well, we didn't, we were talking about Don's title. Yeah, it's terrible. Her title is official alternate officer. Yeah, what the fuck is that? What kind of a business is this? O A O O A O. It's not even C level. No, it's O level. And official and officer is redundant. Chief. Alternate officer is almost a thing. No, alternate is garbage. Alternate officer, the point is like, oh, Don can kind of do everything. Let's really quickly role play. Okay.
0: You and I are business elites. Great. We are at a LinkedIn meetup. Great. I come up to you. Yeah. I'm in a suit. Okay. Hello. Hello. My name is Rick Richington.
1: Hello, Rick. Uh, My name is David uh, Davidson. Okay. What do you do, David? Uh, I work for a synergy corporation that tries to leverage social media uh, in the cyberspace. That sounds very interesting. It certainly is. Should we shake hands? Sure. Great. What a firm handshake you have. Thank you. Great. Are you making a ham face? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you ask me what I do? Uh, What do you do, sir?
0: I'm the CAO at (laughs) Sinertech. Wow. Does that make sense to you? It certainly does. I'm the chief alternate officer. (laughs) Does that sound powerful? Does that sound like the job a businessman like me might have? Uh, It certainly does. Can you describe to me what you do? Sure. I am part of a conglomerate of young women Mm -hmm. (laughs) who babysit Uh. in Stony Brook, Connecticut. (laughs) Yeah. And each of them has a specified role. Yeah. And if one of them is sick or can't make it, I fill in for them. I can be a treasurer. I can be a president. I can be a secretary. Whatever you need me to be, I am the chief alternate officer, and I'm here for you.
1: Wow. So you basically do everything. I am a jack
0: of all trade and master (laughs)
1: of all. Sir? Yes. May I have your business card? Can you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it was just official that was a problem. You sold you sold me. It's a good title, CAO, Chief Chief Alternate Officer. Yeah, and maybe she'll just she'll get there. Yeah. She's literally brand new to Stony Brook.
0: I really like role playing.
1: Yeah, I like role playing a lot too. Can we That's do good. another one, um, okay? I, I'll be Rich Richardson, and you can be Mrs. Barrett. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> hi there, sailor, looking for a good time? I'm certainly
1: not. <laughs> I'm the Chief Alternate Officer at Cinertech. What are you doing in my office, ma'am?
0: I'm sorry, I'll leave.
1: Wait a second, are those your legs? (laughs) Did they ever end? This is getting
0: too hot for (laughs) podcasts. podcast. Okay. Come on, man, what do we got? What else we got?
1: (laughs) Well, I have some Freudian stuff I want to talk about. (laughs) Yep. I feel like last book was literally called Marianne and the Daddy Issues. No, it wasn't. And we didn't talk about Freud at all. We
0: didn't need to because it wasn't called that.
1: I just want to talk about the transference and parentification stuff that goes on in this book.
0: This is all you've been talking about the entire episode. We get it. Like, Mrs. Barrett's irresponsible and Don is super responsible. Great.
1: No. What's happening, this role reversal stuff is off the hook. Like, we talked last week, I think, in a, in a way that was illuminating of your own personal life and psychology, mm-hmm. about the dichotomy of the sitter and the sat and how sometimes the sitter and the sat are one. You are both baby and babysitter. In this book, they take that to the next level. And all of these adults are projecting and transferring their parental roles onto the kids, and vice versa. The kids are acting like adults, the adults are acting like babies.
0: Name literally one adult child relationship. Great. Other than Don and Mrs.
1: Barrett, where this happens. Mister Spear and Don's mom, Mrs. Porter, are acting like Little giggly teenagers like Frenching and necking at the picnic, and Dawn and all the other babysitters, all all the other babysitters are watching them like parents over a teen couple and like wondering about what's going on in their relationship. Mm -hmm. It's they've completely regressed, Mm. and I mean, that's the obvious one. Here's another one the children of Mrs. Barrett, yeah, Susie, buddy. Marnie yeah. and Buddy are constantly dressing up like grown-ups. They play this game called Let's All Come In. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is such a weird name for a game. It's a weird game. It's yeah. it's Faulty Towers. Yeah. It is a, a hotel
1: sim. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I wrote down the quote, the description of it. It's called Let's All Come In. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game is about guests who come to a big, fancy, old-fashioned hotel. Right. Karen always makes Christy or the oldest person the bell captain, mm-hmm. then she and Andrew and her friends take turns entering the lobby as hotel workers or exotic guests, mm-hmm. wealthy old women in furs, sea captains, and famous people.
0: Oh, sounds ripe for a role play. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Do you want to be We hit our quota. Like, we hit our <laughs>
1: The names of the famous people are Mrs. No Swimple? Yeah. Mr. Bill Capston? Yeah. And, and- Mrs mysterious yeah
0: and rick richmond and rick richmond
1: <laughs> the cao of center Tech.
0: a babysitting conglomerate he's just
1: like uh mr captain can i have your finest room please? i'll just
0: take the business suite please uh, oh would you like to be introduced to mrs noswimple <laughs> no thank you just the room
1: <laughs> all right mrs mysterious um that's a good game yeah
0: oh did we t- go into how buddy went missing
1: yeah, okay, this is actually a really important plot point. Do you want to talk it out? Real quick. Yeah. We've, we're five books in. Mm-hmm. There's been a
0: major felony-level crime in Stony Brook, Connecticut, Every single, almost
1: every single book.
0: Also, it is apparently the occult capital oh my God. of
1: Northeast America. They don't go into it too much, but Watson's Attic is now haunted. Right,
0: and Morbida Destiny makes another appearance. Oh
1: God, she does. Looking for she? perverted
0: herbs and netherworld spices for her horrible concoctions.
1: It's terrifying. It's like this moment where, like, Christie is looking in the mirror. And oh yeah, it's no like one spooky. there. It's really spooky. And then she looks again, and more bit of death. And I guess
0: the mirror is probably a window. Yeah, yeah. They're playing. Uh,
1: oh, she's like, let's pretend. Th- let's pretend this window is a mirror. Right. Which God, this the significance of that? Like they're looking out at the world, and all they see is themselves. Until they see this fucking witch. This black
0: figure, like something out of a Japanese horror film, crawling through the window after them. Give me coriander, children, and I will bake you a sweet treat. terrifying. There's no reason to panic, Don says. There are a million reasons to panic in Stony Brook, Connecticut. There is still a copycat criminal on the loose. Never caught. The phantom phone caller was never caught. There is rampant child labor laws being broken week yeah. in and week out. Oh my
1: god. Well, and this was this the There's worst a kidnapper. Of that. A kidnapper let off with a warning by the ineffectual There's Stonyton a young Police.
0: pervert sitting in the bushes watching these girls as they babysit. Book 2.
1: I missed that part. That's uh
0: Christie's new boyfriend, Alan Gray.
1: Oh yeah. You're right. The weird stalkers. Yeah. Yeah. This Arrested. town
0: is like corrupt. Arrested they it is was like arrested. it is like a it is like a season of true detective in Stony Brook, Connecticut, where there are Satanist perverts tying people to bed and like stealing their jewels and covering them in coriander and doing weird occult sex work on them. I'm listening yeah <laughs> <we>
1: role play? <laughs> uh, yeah do you want you want role play it <laughs> uh <laughs> There's Excuse me! Panic about M- Mrs. Mysterious. Uh, just, I'm the I'm the CAO of an important company, and this hotel is not up
0: to standards. I went into my room and there was a young man strapped to the bed, covered in coriander. <laughs> I demand a new room. <laughs> this town is, is there's plenty of reasons to panic when a young boy goes missing in Stony Brook, Connecticut. Yeah. The
1: entire town goes looking for him, and nobody It's like
0: an H. B. Lovecraft book.
1: I feel like we need to describe this plot point yeah. as an actual, you know, just to say what happened. Do you want me to say it? Bzz- Mrs. Porter's crazy, f- weird, fucking estranged God, I just, husband. I just
0: buzzed you so hard and you didn't even catch it. That's the magic of a buzz.
1: Wow, you just buzzed me?
0: Yeah, and you didn't even catch it because that's all it takes. Because just- you were
1: looking me right in the eye while I was talking. I thought you were listening. No. <laughs> No way, man! You were gone. I was gone. You were gone. I should and know by you now. Said, your eyes—you gla- glaze over.
0: You talked for a full thirty seconds, and when you finished, I just looked you in the eyes and went, uh, and you I just, just kept, kept talking. Going. That's the magic of a buzzit, man. It's powerful.
1: Wow! What did you call it? Semiotics. Yeah, semiotics, man. But this is—you know what that is? This goes—I oh, can't talk about hailing rituals again. I mean, you can. I won't. You won't.
0: It's. <laughs> we're also. We've been recording for. It is now midnight. Uh, it is now midnight in
1: Berlin, Germany. Let's finish up. I just want to fucking, for the love of God, say what happens at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Porter's estranged husband shows up and kidnaps their child. Mm. While Dawn is babysitting, mm. Donna's babysitting. Buddy goes missing. Yeah, she loses her mind. Yeah, where's Buddy? Everyone in the town is called. The police are called.
0: Yeah, Jordan Pike, Mrs. Saw Buddy Barrett get into a stranger's car.
1: Mrs. Barrett is nowhere to be found because she left the wrong fucking number for like wherever the hell she was. Cops are called. Right, Mr. Barrett eventually turns out to be the culprit. Right, and the reason that he did it is because Mrs. Barrett is constantly forgetting that it's his day for custody. Right. And he wants to teach her a lesson by taking the kid and having her freak out. Right. Which almost worked. Almost worked if it weren't for those dastardly <laughs> fucking babysitters. Right. <laughs> Should we talk about this? Do you like Dawn? How do you feel about Dawn? She's the new entrant. Do you accept her in the club? She's got corncob hair. Where do you rank her in the babysitters?
0: How many, how many are we up to now? Five. We got five. Okay, Claudia,
1: obviously, number one with a bullet. Claudia is number one with a bullet. All right.
0: Number two. You're not going to like this.
1: Okay. Christy.
0: Really? Yeah. I, s- I see myself in Christy, man. She's like this, <sighs> she's this anxious, like controlling, neurotic
1: mess of a human being. She can't let people live their lives, man. She I can't, can't, let, can't people let people live, people live their, their lives, lives. man. I she, like Christy. She just, like, she's, and she's so, so good. Worried. She's so she's competent. She's so worried that they're going to take away her, She's so like, competent. This modicum of power that But then she,
0: she, she figures out a way to hold on to it.
1: Okay. All right, this is your list, man. This Number is Number three, your truth. Marianne. Okay. Number four, Dawn. Okay.
0: Number and five, Mallory. <laughs>
1: Mallory has not been introduced yet.
0: <laughs> no, but I get the sense she's going to. They hinted yeah. at it again. This book number six. Stacy, nothing. Throw it away.
1: I mean, Stacy basically just doesn't what exist. A, yeah,
0: she's she's like
1: a shittier version of Claudia and Don mixed together. Move back to New York, Stacy. Move back to New York. All right, let me tell you real quick about Don's view of history. Yeah, here's a quote that Don says about her cool house, her yeah. old house that she lives in, new that, old that's new old, that's been around for a long time. She says, people who saw the War of 1812 and the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation and the first airplane and the Depression and the first rocket ship. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Those people lived in that house. Oh. Don't you think it's an arbitrary, random group of things? that she I don't think up? so,
0: man. I think, I think what you're getting hung up on is War of 1812, which was a very significant moment in American history that most young people don't learn about.
1: Well, I did some digging. Yeah, and the evidence is overwhelming. Okay, why would she pick this random assortment of historical events? Very significant historical events: first airplane, yeah, invention, great invention. Yeah. You know what's a great invention? Christie's, great idea, the first Babysitter's Club book, mm-hmm. the Depression, mm-hmm. external forces affecting the economic livelihood of a society, phantom phone calls, mm-hmm. Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls, the second Babysitter's Club book. Mm-hmm. War of 1812, an oppressive regime attacks America, and America has to fight back against it. The agency, the babysitter's agency. Okay. Book three, The Truth About Stacy. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Ooh, book four. We're suddenly fighting against ourselves. Marianne and the... The babysitter's club has this internecine struggle. Yeah. Marianne saves the day. Yeah. And then Emancipation Proclamation. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to fix you got to fix America after the horrors of the Civil War. Right. Dawn and the Impossible 3. Dawn is bringing everybody back together.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to let you get away from this real quick. Um first rocket ship. <laughs> 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 your your theory almost holds up. Uh, yeah. Except she mentions a sixth thing. Yeah. Which is the first rocket ship. I and actually you you clipped the quote short. Yeah. Cuz she then goes on to talk about how she suspects her house may have been a checkpoint in the Underground Railroad. Oh, she does. So there really. is
1: a seventh thing. Well, there are a lot more books. Okay. But here's what I think about You've the first You've read them. I ship. haven't. What, do you, what is the first rocket that was ship? a long time ago, but I think the first rocket ship yeah. is the Fucking babysitter's club finally take, full take with all five babysitters ready to go. It's The first airplane was like them getting their business idea together. Yeah. Now they have a CAO. They have a chief alternate officer. Do you want to know what I think? That They're going to get funding. They're going to get venture capitalists are starting to be interested. They're like, oh, wow, this is a serious operation. They don't just have a president. They've got a CAO. They know what they're doing. We're going to put a little angel investment in this operation. And now we have a rocket ship. This isn't an airplane anymore. This is a fucking rocket ship. I've been reading and watching, consuming
0: Mm. a Mm. lot of literature lately.
1: Uh huh. The Babysitter's Club books?
0: About the flat earth theory. I know. (laughs) Mm. And most flat earth proponents believe that space does not exist. Rockets do not exist. NASA is a lie. So maybe it has to do with the flat earth theory. I mean, you've read the books. Do they get into flat earth?
1: They don't get it. I think that this is, I mean, this is the 80s. So it's before they discovered that the earth was flat. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're not convinced. Keep in mind, we're not convinced.
1: We l- we only recently we just, learned this. We're just
0: skeptical about what we're being. What flat earth, told. I feel
1: like this is the context for this. It, like in case we end up leaving any of this flat Earth stuff in this episode, not likely. And a good and a good place a good place to leave it is right at the end after we tantalizingly <laughs> teased it at the beginning and then said nothing about it. This is a real theory that. Like,
0: We've been recording for an hour. We can't get into flat Earth now.
1: <laughs> I just the context. I don't want to get into how it works. I just want to get into the fact that there is a large and growing group of people, including who, rapper Bob, including rapper Bob, who genuinely believe that there is a vast international conspiracy to make us think that the world is spherical. Yeah. When in fact it is not. No. It is obviously flat. Obviously flat. That's all. Look it up on YouTube. Don't, do Don't, not, do not, do not, not, look, it up do on not look it up on YouTube. All right, got to wrap this up. How about I say that again because you just fucking coughed into the mic.
0: No, I didn't. I coughed away from the mic and I waited till you were done talking.
1: Great. But go ahead and say it again, mom. <laughs> mom who just edited four fucking episodes and knows exactly what it's like when some motherfucker coughs right in the middle of a nice transition. Yeah, I haven't
0: edited any yet.
1: I'm going to wrap this up you think it's picking it up? You're scratching it now. You're you're scratching into the mic. Do you think it's picking it up? Listen to me. Yeah. (laughs) That's not the way a works. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I want to wrap this up. I want to say very briefly the one time, because every time I read these books, there's one moment that weirdly gets me in the feels and I kind of tear up. Oh, yeah. Uh, my tearful moment this week mm-hmm. was a weird one. Dawn goes to sleep and she has a dream that her mom marries Marianne's dad, and that they're both at a wedding. And for some reason, that just like that just kind of got me. And then the next sentence, they're all wearing ski pants in the dream, mm. and then I, I kind of pull back out of it. Right. It was fine.
0: Can I say my tearful moment? Yeah, please. None, because I'm an adult man.
1: You're and an I, adult I, man who just read five baby stories, cry ones. at children's <laughs> books. All right, how about this moment when, right at the end, Jeff Don's brother shows up, yeah, with his camera, oh, to God, surprise that
0: did, that did got me that got me right in the face that got man.
1: me to surprise Marianne oh, and Marianne started because crying Marianne pulled it
0: together she's redecorating Shit. her room no, you're right no that was my tearful moment she's redecorating her room and she, fuck like, man you're right that was it the, the one thing me. she
1: she wants that she doesn't have yet for her perfect room decoration that she did with her dad after they made things up was a picture of her and her best friend's babysitter's club. And then right at the end of the book, Dawn's brother shows up with a camera to take a picture of all of them. And beautiful I, moment. I, I fucking lost it at that. It was a wreck. <laughs> I was a wreck. Did you cry? No. No, I didn't cry. I don't cry. Listen, I wanna be clear about this. I don't cry. Yeah. But it it sometimes it, it starts to get me. I start to feel it a little bit. Yeah. And that's what happened right there. Which was the end of the book and which as a conversation marks the end of this podcast it's been a fucking pleasure
0: great outro
1: <laughs> don't you dare don't you dare i'm the only one who's holding this together <laughs> tonight go ahead give me your line listen i've been jack Shepard. i've been tanner green ring and this has been another episode of the babysitter's club club next week we're going to be reading a christy point of view book ow and i can't remember what it's called but it's a christy pov i'm really excited about it it's been a pleasure doing business with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> Claudia is wearing a bra now. Uh-huh. And the way she talks, you'd think boys had just been invented. In 86, N.M. Martin <laughs> wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time, the Babysitter's club, club. I think Helen means light. Okay. So I think this is a light. I'm going to turn you down a little. All right. Now. Okay. Did you catch my belch? Excuse me? Did you
0: catch my belch? Did the audio Um, go through?
1: Not only did I catch your belch, but I am often catching your belches when I edit these podcasts.
0: (laughs) You're a good man. You're doing Yaman's work.
1: Yeah.